I want you to uh, turn with me to, uh, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, before we start. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for today. I thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that as, this, as we, we hear this word this morning, that you would use it for your glory. Listen, I never claimed to be the, the best preacher there, there is. But I'm learning one thing as a minister is to hear God, okay? I was a uh, Saturday morning. It was, you know, it was Saturday morning. I tried to sleep in a little bit, but I was up. Jen said, where are you going? I said, well, I got to go. God was speaking. So I got up and I started hearing the voice of the Lord. And some things about what God has to say, they're always pleasant to the flesh, <laughs> right? We don't want to hear hard things. You know, even in the scriptures, it's very clear that there were some people that would tell the Tell us smooth things to the prophets. Tell us easy things. Tell us what makes us feel good. And you got a lot of that today, praise God. Oh, I just can't spend much time listening to them flim-flamsy preachers that grab and name it and grab it and clap it, whatever you call it, and grab it. I just think that today we're missing out on the message of the Lord. Because people have become selfish. Church has become self-centered. It's all about me. And that's not the way the Lord wants it, praise God. I was thinking about, as we was, I was preparing, and the Lord just told me about your thoughts, what you think, right? Sometimes our thoughts are evil, but sometimes they're good, right? When we had a worship this morning, we were thinking about the Lord. We were worshiping and and, and hearing that song, Jesus is Coming. And you know what? It, makes you, it gets you excited, praise God. And you're meditating on the Lord. And it says here, how many struggle with your thought life? No, seriously. I mean, I mean, sometimes you're sitting there and you're thinking about things, you get depressed. You get, you get, you get to the point where you feel hopeless. You get to the point where what, what use is living if this is all life's about? Well, I got news for you, it's not all what life's about. Because <laughs> my life is not based upon what I see, right? When you see death, you're going to think death. When you, think de- when you see defeat, you're going to think defeat. When you think, see hopelessness, you're going to think hopelessness. But he says here in verse 8 of uh, what I said. No, I'm not even in my right place. So yeah, I am. Praise God. Help me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let me, let me get there. Finally, my brother and Paul saying, this, is, this, is, this settles it. It's it. Finally, I'm going to tell you something. Whatsoever things are true, <laughs> whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are, are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there's any virtue, come on somebody, if there's anything, any praise, meditate on these things. Now, Paul is saying this. Listen, if you spend all your days thinking about evil things, you're going to feel out of place as a Christian. Listen, I've learned that a long time ago. As a Christian, sometimes if I, when, I, when I start noticing what I'm focusing on my mind on, it, it, deters, it deters my attitude. It, it makes me think things that are not right. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel depressed. It makes me feel discouraged. Those are, listen, God doesn't want us to focus on bad things, right? Evil things. Because they got enough evil out there to think about. I'm going to tell you right now. 
And if you spend your whole life thinking about those things that are evil, you won't make it as a Christian. Come on. Because all you're going to think about is defeat, hopelessness. I'm going to share something with you today. And I want to go into this because I don't want you to. I want to the Bible says a false balance is an abomination in the sight of God, but a just weight is his reward. You know, if, if, you, if you have this, you ever sort of scales where they weigh things, you know, balancing scales? You know, to tip it one way, to make it unbalanced, was an abomination. To tip it the other way was an abomination. You see, when you, when you weigh out the Word of God, you've got to weigh it out in a balance. It's got to balance out, right? I want to talk about evil thoughts today because sometimes we don't notice that sometimes we, we, we're, we're a vessel for Satan. Oh, I'm a Christian, but it doesn't matter. It's not what I'm talking about. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter, you don't have to turn, I'm going to quote it to you. Uh, chapter 6, verse 19, that you are the temple of the Lord. Right? You are the vessel that God lives in. It tells us we can't defile that temple, Right? And automatically we think when we talk about defilement, well, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't, you know. There's much more than that to defile that temple, right? Pride defiles that temple. Uh Uh-oh. Lust defiles that temple. Anything you allow, we take a physical body, but a lot of times we're not focused on the spiritual side of it, right? Because we're not seeing the full plan of God. See, we, listen, I, I wrote this down, and, and bear with me a minute. I'm not going to keep you too long. I talked about, what we, and the Lord showed me about wrong judgment, right? We spend more time worrying about what people put into themselves, and we're not worried about what's coming out of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. We're worried about the nicotine and the alcohol, which is, you know, like I said, it's sin. It's things that need to be dealt with. But we're not worried about what's coming out of people. Jesus made it very clear. It's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, but what comes out. I said to myself, Lord, I said, I'm going to tell these people that because I know the other stuff that we, we could allow things to defile our temple, like the physical things, like things we put in our body. But we don't talk much about what's coming out. And Jesus said that is more serious and more sinful than what's coming in. Because what's defiling you is what's in your heart, right? I thought, I was used to say this. I said, you know what the heart is? A pop-off valve. You ever saw a valve or a pressure valve that had too much pressure? It blows out. And we get off into that same spirit as Christians. I'm going to tell sister so-and-so what I think of her. And brother so-and-so. And I, I don't like what they sung. And you go around. We do all this other stuff and run out of our mouth things that are already in our heart. Pride. Isn't it? I think about pride is evil. How many times we, 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 we preach ourselves and not Jesus? <laughs> How many times we present ourselves to make people think we're something we're not? Right? And God judges it. You, want to, you don't believe me? I'm going to read the scriptures to you. <laughs> right now, well, you don't have to turn there, but I, 
Turn, turn with me to Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 15. And we're going to start off in there. This I wanted to read those scriptures because most people say, well, you know, what about all the things that we let, it, let come into our bodies? 15. Chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse, is ten, verse 10. Now, I'm not going to read it, but it's right there in my face when I look at uh, chapter 8. Jesus is talking about false worship, right? He brings out a subject. He said, these people, talking about, and he's preaching, he's actually quoting from, I think it's Isaiah, prophecy. These people draw nigh unto me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, I was talking to a brother last night. I said, so many times, the Bible says that in the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's not that they lose faith. They lose the faith. I mean, they have faith in maybe their church and their pastor and their, their doctrines and their denomination. But they lose faith in Jesus. They lose faith in what he demands and commands us to do. They lose faith in the blood. They put more emphasis upon themselves and their religious activities than they do the Lord. You could be shocked when the rapture is going to happen. Just how many people will be left behind. Because they're not coming to church for the right reasons. They're coming for self. They're coming for, for uh, religion. They're coming for glorifying something else. Right? We're not coming to church to hear me. You're coming here to, to worship the Lord. To hear the word of the, word of the Lord. This, 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 God don't need me. And he don't need you. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. He don't need me and he don't need you. God's Holy Spirit does the work in us, right? But Jesus said he draw nigh to me with their lips and honor me with their hearts, but their hearts are far from me. Where's their minds? Where's their thoughts when they so-called worship in the Lord? Now, if I make you mad today, don't, listen, it's, I'm just... I got this message from the Lord. I got up and I, I had to examine my own life. Because it's not something I'm preaching to you. I had to preach it to myself. I got up Saturday morning and I was just, and I was praying and the Lord was showing me about our, our heart. About, you know, sometimes we, it's like I was telling Janice yesterday, you know, we look at people sometimes. They might still be doing some certain things, and, they, and they're fighting that. They're, they're, they're wrestling with God, and, and all of a sudden we write them off because they don't do what we do. They, we, we, we measure them based on our rod, our measuring rod. You know what I'm saying? We look at them. They don't look like us. They don't sing like us, and they don't, they don't wear their hair like us, and they don't dress like us. So, so therefore, they're not saved. No. <laughs> you don't measure people by your measuring rod. They're, people are not measured by your base of measurement. They're measured by the Word of God. So I looked at that and I said, Lord, forgive me if I've ever done that. And I wept, man. I said, God, I, I was guilty of it. I'd become self-righteous. I'd become to the point where I started looking at people based on how good they quote scripture and how, they, how good they look and, and, and not knowing. That's not what God judges. He judges by his word. He judges you according to his word. I remember I told that story. I had a little fellow came to church one day. I mean, he looked like he just crawled off him on a rock. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, that's what my grace is about. I want to save him. 
So he's coming from the world. What do you expect him to smell like? Uh-oh. Come on, we put on these self-righteous robes sometimes. He said, well, he, he don't look like he came, he came into church drunk, and he, and he, he came into church smelling the smoke, and he came to church looking like a, he come off the, <laughs> out of a, a, a dump somewhere. Wait, wait. And, go, and listen, that's the ones God wants. <laughs> that's the one the Lord wants to save. You, you forgot where you came from? <laughs> No, we seem to forget that. We, 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 don't, we don't remember. We, 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 we've joined the church. We, and that's all great. Church, you got to come to church. you got to read your Bible. you got to pray. But you're not the measuring rod which you measure someone by. Right? You're measuring by the Word of God. And, he, and Jesus says this to him in verses uh, 10. He said, he, and he called the multitudes himself. He said, Hear and understand. And listen, catch that one little phrase. Hear and understand. Make sure you listen. Make sure you know what I'm saying. Right? Make sure you hear what I'm saying and understand it. Not that which goes into the mouth defileth a man. Right? But that which coming out the mouth defileth a man. You know the main ministry for a believer is edification. You know, you see somebody struggling. You know what I'm saying? Don't go knock them down and beat them down and stomp all over them. They need hope, right? My message today is that if you can do anything, lift them up. Tell them Jesus can deliver you. Jesus can save you. Jesus can prepare you to serve him. The Holy Ghost is present. He can go where you can't go. As believers... We're to encourage people that are struggling. We're to encourage them. I'm telling not telling the truth. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we do more beating than we do lifting, right? We do more judging than we do encouraging. She said, the thing about Christian is, and I'm guilty of it, I'm learning patience, right? Right, Mom? I look at someone that just came into the church and I say, and you look, like I said, when I explained to you, and I expect him to be like me in one week. I must be a real problem. And it took me 42 years to get where I'm <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I expect him to look and I can sing what I sing and, and do what I do. And look, you know, and I need to get saved. Praise God. That's my heart. <laughs> Come on, something's wrong. We don't measure someone. By the rod that we have. We measured by God's rod, right? When you see a new Christian come in church and just learning the ways of the Lord, be patient. Give them the word. Encourage them. Because one bad word, one, especially somebody that's sensitive as a new believer, that is struggling, can run that person out of that, that door and he'll never see heaven. Because you are a Christian. And you were supposed to do what the Spirit of God told you to do. But yet, you got in the flesh and you said, sit by me, brother or sister. I'm going to make you just like me. <laughs> Lord God, help. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And we said, well, listen, this, our church does this and our church says this and you, our church dresses like this and our church sings these songs at a certain time and everything is planned out. Follow that and you'll be all right. Come on, somebody. Something's wrong with that. Right? <laughs> Jesus said... <laughs> It says, not what goes in 
a man's mouth that defiles. I didn't write this, okay? So if you want to argue, argue with him. It's what comes out of the mouth that defiles him. And he says this, and the disciples came. And do you know you made the Pharisees upset when you said this? Because it was all dressed up for the, the party, but they, they didn't have the... Uh, <laughs> They didn't have the heart. They looked religious. They dressed religious. They, they had boxes of scriptures on their head. They, they walked around and they prayed in the street. You, you know what I'm talking about? You ever read that in the Bible? They walked in and, and all of a sudden, Jesus said, when you put an outward show, <laughs> come on, you got, you got the law, you got all these customs and stuff, and you got it all written out. Now listen, uh, you, you just came to the Lord, but let me, let me give you the rules and give you the laws and give you the principles and see what we do. Now, I know there's a balance to that, okay? I say that, and I'm going to say it again. Those Ten Commandments are not ten opinions. That's not, that's not what God thinks you should do. It's thus said the Lord, right? But, you know, a lot of times these Pharisees were walking around, and they were trying to make proselytes. You know what a proselyte is? A, con a convert. And when they would convert them, they'd make them two child, times more child of hell than themselves. Because <laughs> they never presented any peace. Never, never, never presented any worship. All he had, they brought was law. Now, I'm not against the law. Law is good. I don't think a church can operate outside of God's moral law. Okay? You're living in sin. You need to repent. Get it right with the Lord. Today. But when you start dealing with the heart. Now, I've talked to people. And I know that, man. I, 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 they were hurting. You know what I'm saying? But Lane, I, I want to serve God, but I'm, I'm fighting this battle. Well, I'm pray with you. Let's believe God that you can overcome this, right? Let's believe God you can. God will deliver you if you trust Him. Put your faith. Seek His face. That's the answer these people need, right? You're not justifying what they're doing. You're only saying how to get delivered from it, right? Call sin what sin is and say, God can deliver you. If you're in bondage to something, you can be delivered. If you're hurting and you can't find victory over something, God will save you. He will make it right. But just to go by, you know, like Job's friends, I think I thought about them. <laughs> oh, Job, he didn't know why, why God was punishing him. He thought it was the Lord, but it was the devil. God permitted it. And all his righteous friends came and said, You did this. You, you, you've been going through it because you sinned, Job. <laughs> Come on. You, you, your pride got you there. You're, the, God, God said Job was perfect, right? Because you, 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 you blasphemed the Lord or something. I don't know what they were all telling him, but you have to study Job to see. All they, all they did was beat him down. He was ready down. <laughs> he was ready on the bottom, and he couldn't figure out why. Why didn't boys didn't just say, let's sit with Job and let's pray. We'll, we'll pray with you, Job. You know? Job said, if, you, if, I've, if I've had sin, show it to me. I want to know. So I'm going to repent right now, Job, if I can see what the sin is. But no, these, these brothers in the Lord came and they just beat him down. They got him down on the bottom. Already he was in the dust. <laughs> he had balls on the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Suffering, untold suffering. Grieving over his children. Grieving over everything he lost. Right? Oh, hear me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
When a brother is down and he's, and he's struggling, don't beat him down. There's a need to tell him what the problem is. Tell him and say, let's pray together. Let's, let, let's grow together. Let, let the Lord deliver you. You know what I'm saying? Don't he, you, know, you don't need self-righteousness. Jesus made it very clear. Now I'm talking about, listen, they were arguing the fact about eating with unwashed hands. See, the Pharisees had made so much laws. It wasn't just the Ten Commandments. They added so much laws to, and they started putting uh, these, these laws as gospel. And it wasn't. It was man-made. Jesus said, you deny the tradition. Of, you deny the commandment of God to keep your own tradition. They had made a bunch of traditions, and that, that was the law for them. That was how you could be saved. That's how you can live right. Follow our law. Let me share something with you. You might... Disagree with me. The only law that you're, you're to follow is Christ's law. And that law is established in the character of the Ten Commandments, which God gave to Moses. Those Ten Commandments were the, the, was the standard that God made that men could live by. Not only that they'd be right with God, but also that they'd be healthy. That their minds would be free. To, you know, there's a lot of things about those Ten Commandments that brought a man... To show him what he was. Amen? Sin has separated us from all God. But what about, you know, we so easily pick out sin in somebody's life. We, we point to that one, point to this one, and point to that one. But how, why don't we see the sin in our own life? Well, I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because we think, and listen, I love when people come to church. I love when people worship I love when they read the Bible. We think, well, I do all those things. That makes me right. No, it doesn't. I'm going to tell you the reason why. You might have a faith, but you don't have the faith. Because the faith is faith in Jesus. Faith in his word. Faith in what he said. It's not faith in the church. Come on, somebody. It's not faith in how much you give. It's not faith in how spiritual you are. It's faith in Jesus and the cross and what he did at Calvary. And all that other stuff, what? First seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. on. We think of that when we want a lot of money. We want brand new cars and houses. God's going to give me all that stuff. What are you saying? The first principle of faith is faith in heaven. Setting your affection upon those things above and not beneath. Right? Setting your eyes to the heavens from which your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And that's where you, your faith is established. That's too simple, brother. I got to do something. I got to show people that I'm saved. You don't have to show anybody. The Bible says the thing you got to prove is prove it unto the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Cast, be, conform, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Who you got to prove it to? You got to prove it to the Lord. And when you're going to prove it to the Lord and you're going to get in the spirit of the Lord, all that other stuff's going to come out as unto the Lord. Your worship will be of the Lord. Your reading of the Bible, you coming to church will be of the Lord. But if all you could ever do is walk around and condemn people, find fault, Start measuring them by your rod or your measuring stick. The Bible says it's evil, right? I'm going to show you. And he goes on, verse 12. 
His disciples came unto him and said unto him, Do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Why, why, did, why did that offend them? Why did, because they knew in their heart they wasn't worshiping God. They knew in their heart that what they were presenting wasn't worship. They had made a bunch of laws. They had made a bunch of rules. And the people, they said, this is what you got to follow. And it offended them because Jesus had attacked one of their rules. <laughs> Jesus had attacked it because they were crying about, well, if you don't wash your hands and wash of the pots. And, and you go on, you read a lot of their laws. I think, I don't know how many laws they had added to the Ten Commandments. It was, was, was pathetic. It's all things they made up in their mind that men had to follow. But when Jesus said this, what comes out of your mouth defiles you, then it contradicted all of their beliefs. See, when you say something to somebody and say, listen, the Bible says. Well, don't tell me. I know what the Bible says. If you don't do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. And I'm not saying there's not balance to that, okay? I can't go to your house, like I said, and make you follow this book. I'm going to tell you what it says, and you're going to make a decision in your own heart whether you're going to serve him or not, right? See, my worship has to come from the Lord first. And when I, when I get up here to preach, i got to know I'm hearing from the Lord. Let me read you some stuff, okay? You close your Bible a minute. i got, I got it all written. I, got, I want to show you what. You can write it down if you want. But we know that God has made us a temple. Right? What was the temple? The temple was a place of worship. Okay? It was a place of sacrifice. It was a place of surrender. Right? It was a place where you, go, you went to, to get your sins covered. Okay? I, I said this a while back, and it's worth repeating because, you know, in a temple, the most important part of that, or the second most important, really, was the altar. Right? They would offer up sacrifices for sin. See? You had to accept, you had, God had to accept that sacrifice, right? It was, it was coming back every year, and they would offer up the same sacrifice over and over and over and over. Then the priest would go into the Holy of Holies where the, where the, the Ark of the Covenant was. The ark, the ark represented the presence of God. See? And that's where you had the Ten Commandments inside that ark, and you had the, uh, Aaron's rod, and you had the bowl of manna, and you know. And when you when the priest went in, he took that sacrifice that you offered, and he went into the holy place, and he offered that. He went before the Lord. You see, the thing about us, and I want you to listen to me. I'm gonna say this slow, okay? Do we really trust in the sacrifice that Jesus made? Are we really confident that, that what Jesus did at the cross was enough? Mm -hmm. I'm sounding like a black preacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, well, you know, me and Bug was at a, on a job, and, and I was talking to a little apostolic preacher, and he was talking about water baptism. And I'm, I'm telling you exactly what I said. Boogie's back there, and he'll tell you the truth. I told him, I said, you know what? I believe the cross is enough. He told me, I don't believe the cross is enough. I said, man. Jesus said, it is finished, right? So when he, when he sacrificed that he made, God accepted. 
I was telling somebody last night, I said, you remember when David was going in battle and he was, he was in Bethlehem and all he wanted was a drink of water from that well of Bethlehem. And when we were talking about that and I said, one soldier got up and he fought through the, the, through the, other, the enemy and he went and grabbed a cup of water and he brought it to David. You know what David did with that cup of water? He poured it out to the Lord. What was different than, you know, what, what was more different? What, what, what made that cup of water valuable? Because of the price that came with it, right? The sacrifice that came with it. And the only one was worthy of it <laughs> was the Lord. So David poured it out as an offering unto the Lord. And I think about when Jesus was dying on the cross, the blood that was pouring out, that was the only thing God would accept. You know what made it valuable? Was the sacrifice. Does that make sense to you? So we're looking at what's the difference between religion and relationship? What's the difference between man's doctrine and God's doctrine? Because God's doctrine always offers a way out. See, me, your dad told me that a long time ago. Lenny, don't ever preach without a way out. I, I've always kept it in the back of my mind. Because if I can't present a gospel without deliverance, if I can't present a gospel that sets people free, if all I can present them is law and they're still condemned and they're still feeling guilty and they're still, still feeling dirty, but they got law, they got, they got, got, got a set plan. Come on, somebody. That's what defiles a man. And they tell everybody, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Catholic, I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm part of Cooler Homes Fellowship. And that's what's coming out of their mouth. That's your testimony. That is not a testimony. The testimony has to be that of freedom and deliverance, which is, is because you've got a righteous heart. Amen? Because you're testifying of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with telling people you come here. But that's not your testimony. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with telling people that you, 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 you attend church here and, you know, your group you belong to. But that's not your testimony, right? This church is not your salvation. Right. What, what's, what, what's your salvation is what Jesus put in your heart when you got born again. But they offered up, the Pharisees offered up their rules and their laws. And they offered up, and Jesus said they were dirty. And it offended them. How dare he say, I'm not going to heaven? I'm a Pharisee. How dare he say, I'm not going to heaven? I'm a Catholic or a Baptist or I'm part of Coto Home Food. How dare they say we. Listen, I can only tell what a person is saying about what's coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? You don't hear out of a believer that loves the Lord, that, that wants to serve God all the time, death, dead, dead, uh, you know, law, 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 uh, defeat, defeat. Listen, that's not, the only one that's saved in, the, in, the, in the religious churches is the preachers. <laughs> and a few that can grab with them to follow a bunch of rules, okay? And I'm not talking about God's rules. You listen to me, because most people say, well, you tell telling me, no, I'm not telling you, sin is going to take you to hell. You hear what I'm saying? 
But it's not based on the rules that I make. It's based on God's rules. Right? Not something I can sit up and we, we'll get together, brother, and all the men in the church, and we're going to make new laws for the church. What y'all think? Huh? We're going to make everything comfortable for everybody. We're going to say, well, you're going to do this and dress this way and wear your hair a certain way and, you know, whatever. And, and this is, you don't do this, you're going to heaven. You're going to hell, I mean. That's man's law. See, religion makes up man laws. God makes up one law, and that's the word of God to follow. Are you satisfied, like I said it was last week? Are you dissatisfied with your walk? Because a lot of time I get discouraged because I'm, I remember, and I'm not allowed to testify. I felt that one time I had to help God save me. Come on, somebody. Not be able to settle on just Jesus. Say, well, God's going to save me. I'll be more righteous if I do a certain thing. Listen, I do what I do because of the righteousness of God. Not because I'm seeking to get more righteous. I don't want to lie. I don't want to cheat. I don't want to do evil things because God, I love Jesus. And I want to please him. I was telling somebody this morning, I said, if we go to please him, see, the reason why we don't want to sin because we don't want to displease the Lord, right? We don't want to, we don't want to do anything God don't want us to do. So we got to accept God's plan. The pure, Lord, purify my host, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit with me, take not your Holy Spirit. That's my prayer. David had sinned with Bathsheba when he quoted that, that verse in Psalm 51. David had, had uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband killed, Uriah, took his wife, <laughs> had sex with her, and, and a baby was born. And he's sitting there, well, I guess I got away with this one, Brother Lawrence. He's sitting with his little kingly self on his throne, and, and, and there comes the prophet Nathan and talked about a, a certain man had one little ewe lamb that was, he took in his bosom and he loved it. And there comes somebody rich and took, he had a lot of, he had a lot of sheep, but he took that one ewe lamb and he dressed it and made a dinner with it. And David got angry, bring me that man. I'm going to kill him. You know what uh, Nathan said? You are that man. You want to be all self-righteous and you want to act like you want to act to judgment. And you and your heart was evil. You had sinned against God. You, you killed an innocent man. You took in, his, took in his wife. And yet you're sitting there on your throne like God don't see. I want to shock y'all. He sees. <laughs> right? And David, heart got broken. According to the law, David should have been killed. Right? According to the Lord, they should have, they should, David should have been put to death. But God's grace <laughs> spared David. David got on his face before the Lord. He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. See, God had to bring David to a place where somebody corrected him. See, I'm pretty sure Nathan wasn't comfortable about it. He's pretty sure he said, David might have me killed. But he got up. In the love of the Lord. And got up and rebuked David. And showed him his sin. And David repented. But he suffered for it. All through David's life. He was no longer that giant slayer. He was no longer that man. You know, he, was, he was a man after God's own heart. But he wasn't as effective. After he allowed that sin in his life. God had to deal with David. He lost all, just about all of his children. Come on. I had one daughter that was raped by her own brother. Don't think what you do doesn't affect the people around you. 
But God's mercy <coughs> saved David, right? But you see, David, what was the problem with David, he was supposed to be on the battlefield, and he was laid back. <laughs> Just sitting there, taking it easy. Life's good. I'm the king. I get whatever I want. You know, I have nobody to oppose me. Okay. <laughs> I like this proverb. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. Come on, somebody. You may be thinking about your thought life. But he says, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. I like that. Praise God. The words that we speak as saved people, as Christians, that love the Lord, and want to see people saved and grow in the Lord, it's pure. It's pure. See, God loves pureness. God loves a pure heart. I had wrote this scripture down where, I, you know, and I read it earlier about when you think, think on good things, pure things, honest things. Don't spend your life thinking on evil things. You know, many Christians are worried about who's going to be the next president or who's going to run the country. I'm not against that. I mean, pray for them. But I can't spend my life thinking about that stuff. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to let myself get distressful. I'm not going to let myself get run down. Because Jesus is coming back. And I know when he comes back, there ain't nobody going to dethrone him. Right? And everything that's going to be done is going to be done in righteousness. Because, you know, just look for Jesus. And all that other stuff won't matter that much. Right? Don't get your mind on the economy. Like I said the other, yes, last week, what's going on in this world is not God's economy. I said, well, I'm blessed based on God's economy, right? I'm blessed, I'm blessed, 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 blessed based on God's checkbook and God's riches, not on Biden or Trump or government or whatever. I'm based on God's economy. I'm going to get him on. <laughs> I'm not going to be much longer. Seriously, I want to read some stuff to you, okay? In Jeremiah 4.14 says this, O Jerusalem, cast thine heart from wickedness. Now you see, we're going back to the, that's what I'm saying, the thoughts of the heart, right? What comes out of the heart is what defiles a man, right? I'm looking for what's in the heart. Lenny needs to see what's in the heart. You need to see what's in the heart. You know, when you feel things that you know in your heart ain't right, repent of it. Get it right with the Lord. Because we're changing every day. We're going from faith to faith. We're growing from we're saved and we're being saved, right? We're changing every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change till I die. I'm going to go meet the Lord. Or a rapture happens. You're never going to stop growing. You're never going to stop changing. There's always going to be something inside of you that you need to change and deal with. He says, oh, let me go on. And he, uh, Matthew chapter, I already quoted it a while ago. I'm going to quote it again. I got it written down. But the things which proceeded out of uh, the mouth coming from the heart, right? You've asked yourself, if what I'm saying is of the Lord, 
when you go to somebody and share the word, is this the Lord? Is what's coming out of my mouth of the Lord? Especially when you start judging other people. Right? And I told somebody else, so many times we do that to make ourselves look good. Right? Sometimes we look at other people and says, you know, we always look at other people and says, well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Come on. I wouldn't act like that. Come on. You've done it? <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> How many have done that? Come on, pick all your hands up. You know you're cute. <laughs> uh, come on. They need to be more like me, boy. <laughs> Poor soul. <laughs> they, need, they need to walk like me. I would never say it. Oh, I better stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What proceeded out of the mouth? Those are the things that they follow, man. In Acts chapter 8, verse 22, when Peter's actually rebuking a man that he was trying to buy the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you remember that story? A certain man saw the God doing the mighty works and he came to, uh, came to Peter and said, I want to give him money. He said, your money perished with you because you thought the gifts of God could be bought with money. There are preachers right now who think you can buy the gifts of God with money. Oh, they think, well, you give this so much and God will give you back. <laughs> I told somebody, I said, you know what's the matter with that thing? You can't sell me something that's already mine. He's already promised it to me. I said, why in the world am I saying a thousand dollars to somebody for something that already belongs to me? I know what it belongs to me as a Christian. I know it's in this book. All I got to do is claim it, right? But anyway, he said this. Peter told this, this certain person, he said, Repent therefore of the wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thoughts of your heart, <laughs> the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. How many of us do that? You know, I've gotten to a place where I said some stupid things. And you ever felt like a, like a heel, man? But you know, my pride would never let him know I, I said it out of my flesh. I'm the pastor. I'm, the, I'm Lanny. I'm, I'm a Christian. You know how many times I have to apologize to people? Huh? A lot. Because I realized that what I was saying was all about glorifying Lanny. Making Lanny look good. And, somebody, and when somebody else was hurting. Right? When they needed a word from the Lord, I gave them a word from Lanny. You know what happened with that? God smote my heart, man. He did it. So it ain't about you, boy. It's about me. I can't heal a flea. I can't deliver a flea. I can't, I can't deliver. I can't make things better for people. I can only give them what God says, right? And if they want to believe it, they're going to have victory. I didn't write this book, boy. I, don't, I, I didn't put one word in it. I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message, Right? Some preachers think they're, 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 they're a message. They're, they're, some of them say they're even gods. Well, I don't get off into that. But it's just to show you what abundance of the heart. Pride will come out. Pride will say, say I'm something. Pride will say, look at me. You want to get to heaven? Do what I do. <laughs> All right. 
No, you want to get to heaven, you do what Jesus does or says to do. And he goes on. He said, repent that you, the thoughts of your heart might be forgiven you. There's a proverb in chapter 26, verse 25. When he speaketh, talk about men. Fair words, believe him not. Mm. He says here, for there are seven abominations in his heart. <laughs> when he speaks, when you see a man speak, or a woman speak, and, and, you, and it's all on them, when they're speaking about them, don't listen to them. It's seven abominations coming out. of Abomination means something God hates. Come on, somebody. And when you start praising yourself and lifting up yourself and making yourself sound like a God, he hates it. I don't care if it's a preacher or a worship leader or anybody else. When somebody starts speaking about their glory and what they do and how they look, don't even believe them. You're free to run away. There's seven abominations in their heart. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. This church has to be about Jesus, right? This message has to be about Jesus. The worship has to be about Jesus. You don't mean a hill of beans. Somebody still said that one time. said, you know, I'm going to shake the pastor's hand and I'm going to go to heaven. Like Brother Mike told me, I said, you just assume shake a donkey still. That's what it's about word. <laughs> huh? Because shaking a preacher ain't gonna, hand ain't going to help you. All right. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. In Genesis chapter 6, verses uh, 5 says this, God saw the wickedness of man. Okay, the wickedness of who? Talking about when he's judging it, he's going to judge the world, flood it with Noah. Was great in the earth. And that every imagination of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continually. See, if your thoughts are not about Jesus, the thoughts of your heart are not about Jesus. It's evil. Man's heart, back in the days of Noah, there's only eight people made it. <laughs> out of millions of people that they could find only eight people on the whole earth. Men had got prideful, y'all. Men had got selfish. Men had got self-centered. They were, they were greedy. They wanted, they wanted more. They wanted, to, they wanted their flesh pleased. And God got angry. God got angry, I said. When we, we, act, when we act like that, God is angry. You hear what I'm saying? When we act the same way, when we start puffing up self and making self, you know, making uh, all the laws that we try to make men follow. Jesus said like the Pharisees went and they sought to make a proselyte to convert them to their doctrine. And he made them two, four more child of, child of hell than themselves. Because they wasn't going to heaven. I don't care how religious they look. Come on. I don't care how many times he went to the synagogue, or in our case, go to church. If their fate was about them, then it was sin, right? It displeased the Lord. Jesus, they hated Jesus because he depthed into their heart, right? He got into their, their very being. He saw what they were. 
Hypocrites. You know what a hypocrite is, huh? We see it every day when we put the television. You call an actor when you watch a movie. They're not, then that's not really them. You see them people jumping over buildings and flying through the air and blowing up things. And you think, man, that's a super person. That ain't that person. <laughs> Probably some little lip sync sissy that's just playing a part. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity, if he regards iniquity, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will hear me. In other words, if I see my sin and I repent of it, he'll, he'll, he'll hear me. See, that's a prayer that God listens to. He doesn't listen to religious prayer. Remember the, the, the man that went into the temple in Luke? And he had a publican in there and he says, Lord, he's praying. I thank you. I'm not like this sinner. I give tithes of everything I owe. I, I do everything the law tells me. And the Bible is very clear. His, his prayer didn't even hit the, hit the ceiling. And the sinner, the publican, said, Lord, forgive me for I'm a wretched man. Forgive me, I'm a sinner. Who do you think got hurt? <laughs> Did he hear that religious person? That Pharisee or that, that, that lawyer or that Sadducee? Did he hear that person? No, God said, he didn't even, the scripture said he didn't even listen to him. But he heard the heart that repented. Lord, I regard iniquity in my heart. If I regard it and deal with it, you'll hear me. That's as plain as that. You know, a lot of people are preaching today and they try to add so much doctrine into simple repentance. Right? Just, yeah, you can repent. You know, Jesus, like, like even in the uh, book of Acts, a lot of these so-called Christian Jews. Yeah, you can accept Jesus, but you got all this you have got to follow. And that was the argument that Paul had more than anything else. It's trying to convince them people that you're not bound by law. You're not bound by sacrifices. And you're not bound by going to the synagogue. You're bound by God's word. You're bound by Jesus. See, I go and I preach Christ and him crucified. Isaiah 55, 8, I'm going to just quote this one. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, the Bible says. Whose thoughts? God's thoughts. See, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. That's what the scriptures say. Verse 9 says it like this. I won't quote this. For, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. God's saying as high as the heaven is the earth. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Everything has to come from God. You understand what I'm saying? Ask yourself next time you so-called start testifying of Jesus. Dude, listen to me. Seriously, ask yourself next time when you start so-called witnessing. How much is this witness about you? And you can find out quick enough where you're at with God. Right? You're going to find out just where your heart's at. If all you can talk about, all, all the good you can talk about is about yourself. And you're going to find out you're not right with God. Right? It's very easy. That's too simple, brother. Go do it. Next time you're witnessing or share Jesus with somebody, see how many times you put I in there. 
Right. Watch. You know, I go to church and I've been serving the Lord for years and I done this and I, I, no, you don't need to say none of that stuff. Let me tell you what Jesus can do for you. Come on. My testimony is I would be nothing without him. I would have no hope without him. You put I in there. I am miserable without him. You want to put I in there? That's, that's what you need to do. If it wouldn't be for Jesus, I'd be lost. <laughs> no, but we got to be, I'm righteous and I'm conservative. I've been reading my Bible for years. I do this and I do that. And, and that's how come I'm saved. And I, 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 I. <laughs> you know, seriously, ask yourself that. And I'm fixing to close, okay? Ask yourself that. How much is your witness about you? Right? And, it, and if Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, and I wrote this down, you don't have to turn it. Set your mind on the things above. Right? What is the things above? Set your mind on heaven. Set your mind on God. Set your mind on Jesus. Set your mind on the Holy Spirit. Set your mind on things that are above, not beneath. Come on, somebody. I said, set your mind on things that are above. You got to train your thoughts, right? See, when we, the more you hear the word, the more you, you've been transformed. You've been renewed, right? The more you come to church and you hear the gospel, you've been renewed, right? The more you pray, the more you read the word, you've been, come on, Holy Ghost, you've been renewed. Your life has been changed. I'm changed today, praise God, because of his word. I'm not changed because of anything I can do. And when I thought, when I, thought I had to help God, I was so miserable. I, I, was, I couldn't hear from the Lord. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't, you know, it's, it's, it was horrible. When I, was, when I started saying, you are the way, the truth, and the life. God don't need me. He don't need you. <laughs> he don't need, sure, we need him. I mean, basically, you know, people think, well, so God saved me. I don't know how he made it without me. He did. <laughs> He don't need you. He don't need you. Are your thoughts right this morning? If I'm going to see anything in this church, I want to see people worship the Lord and give God the glory. Not me, not, this, not the church, not, not a brother and sister in the Lord. Give God the glory. Let God, if you're going to praise, don't praise yourself. Praise somebody else, the Bible says. Pride will settle in easy. Pride will come in. All self-righteousness is pride. You hear me? What's the name of the most sin that caused men to fall? Pride. What, what, Satan, what Satan made men, Adam and Eve, they can be like God. Huh? It caused the downfall. When I listen to people start saying, why and I and I and I and I, stop, seriously. It doesn't impress me. It doesn't impress me in my own life. It doesn't. I'm so ashamed of myself. I'm okay. I've been catching myself more and more. I said, Lord, is this about me or you? Is what I do about me or you? If I sing a song, is it about me or you? If I preach a message, is it about me or you? Simple, simple, simple way to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You can stand up, praise God. I'm a... <laughs> Seriously. I know, I know the last few messages I've been trying to encourage you to believe God, to trust the Lord, to 
put your eyes toward the heavens. Put your, and, and, and now, see, I'm trying to, as a, as a preacher, trying to hear from God. And when I heard this, I heard it for Lanny first. God had to preach it to me. <laughs> when this church is going to grow, it's not going to be because of me. It's going to be because of the Holy Ghost. Because of Jesus. When people are going to see you with a passion for God, they're going to want it. You understand what I'm saying? When they're going to see you hungry for the Lord and your testimony to be about Jesus and what Jesus has done in your life. If you want to give a testimony, tell people what Jesus has done in your life. And tell them how Jesus has changed you. Right? You had, let me tell you, the only thing you had to do with that is surrender. Hear me? All you had to do with that is surrender. Surrender to the Lord. You want Jesus to work in your life? Surrender. You want Jesus to, 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 to bless you? Get yourself out of the way. Take yourself out of the way. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody, take self out of the way. Make sure that's, that, that message is about Jesus and Jesus only. I'll tell you what, I've, I've had a chance to share with some people. And listen, when I made that, that message about him, you got, you, you, you got a crowd. Look, Jesus done it. Every time he was preaching about his father, thousands would come around to hear it. Sermon on the Mount is one of the prime examples in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus was preaching. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are all those. Do what? Those that put their trust in the Lord. That their righteousness is established in Christ. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father, for this word. God, I thank you for what you're going to do this morning with this word. I pray for those that are listening on the YouTube and Internet. Father, that you would touch them, Lord God. Those, those that need freedom from self-righteousness and bound up by man-made laws that are not of you, Father. In the name of Jesus, like the, you told the Pharisees, you appear beautiful and white on the outside, but inside you're nothing but dead man's bones. In the name of Jesus. You know, when you go to a cemetery, a lot of people like to go visit their, their loved ones. You don't ever see nothing too ugly. You see a painted, you know, painted tombs and all, everything, flowers sticking out of little vases and stuff. But if you open them tombs, <laughs> decay, death, corruption. I don't want to be like, <laughs> I don't want to be beautiful on the outside. I'm not beautiful. <laughs> I don't want to be righteous on the outside and not righteous on the inside. Right? It's not what goes out of a man. I mean, it's what goes out of a man, not, not, not what goes in that defiles a man. So remember that, praise God. 